So Vladimir Putin recently appeared in Iran for the first time ever since the war in Ukraine started, like it's his first international appearance. And the analysts at CIA are breaking down the video and claiming that it's not actually Putin, but a body double. Mm. And if you watch the video, it's super scary to think that if that's a body double, then they it's an exact copy of Putin. Like a clone. Oh, are you crazy? You must be crazy. No I saw you crazy. You Listen, I don't know about these other guys, but we are like a superhero. No? We're like, da, 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 da. we're not crazy. Everybody knows you never go full retard. Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for one. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. Picasso is dead. Walt Disney is dead. I'm dead. Steve Jobs is dead. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Welcome to the Mentally Gone Podcast. And welcome back to episode number 24 of the Mentally Gone Podcast. My name is Cali Lacerda. I'm Gabriela Lopes. And today we will be talking about you lead us off. Well, first off, we're going to start with some comments that have been going around on Twitter about um, whether or not Kiki Palmer's acting career is as successful as Zendaya's because of colorism so her lack of of success or popularity in in comparison to zendaya people are speculating might be a result of colorism and zendaya being of lighter skin tone than kiki palmer Mm. both being black girls i've i've heard a similar um debate or argument being made regarding the whole Pusha t and drake uh feud where Mm. people were saying that drake is 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 um, viewed in a better light because of the fact that he's light-skinned versus Pusha T, who's dark-skinned. And so people also attribute colorism to that. That's interesting, actually. And I didn't even think about Drake because because he's like the most known... Well, he's the number one artist of our generation, quote-unquote, right? And the number one artist in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty interesting that... Like of all the rappers or that that fall into the same genre of music, like he's the most successful. Yeah. And he's not really or he wasn't as accepted into the the um, Jay-Z black um, excellence movement. And he even rapped about it in one of his songs saying that when it comes to black excellence, uh, he's not a part of the conversation, but that's okay for him. Mm-hmm. But he's obviously heard about that. Um, yeah. So colorism. So Kiki Palmer, what she responded back to these comments saying that, you know, her career isn't as successful or she's not as popular. She said that. um, uh, What did she say? Her her response was, I'm um, I'm an incomparable uh, like I'm incomparable or I'm an incomparable talent. And then she said, this is Kiki Palmer, baby, or whatever. Like, she, that was her response. It was like, don't. And then she also made it clear that she's, like, the youngest talk show host because she has her own talk show. Youngest female she, black talk show host. Yeah, and and she was the first, um, I think she was one of the, she was one of the first stars as, like, a young child to be the leading role because she was true Jackson VP for black girls, too. So she was the first um, and she started at like 11. And yeah, that's about it. It was just interesting. What do you think about it? Um, I think it's interesting when it comes to Jordan Peele, for example. Uh, he obviously casted Kiki Palmer in Nope. 
and the cast of us was majority black and legitimately black like it's not like light-skinned variations which is what hollywood usually prefers right hollywood prefers light skins because it's more uh it's it's easier for you to kind of like sell all races quote-unquote on the appeal of a light-skinned person versus just a black person you know like like a legitimately black person mm-hmm. um and so it's just interesting because jordan peele's always been about that like he's always been about black representation in his movies and so it reflects on his casting it reflects on his subject matter and it's just interesting to me because kiki palmer hasn't been relevant for me since i was like maybe 12 and so her saying that she's undeniable and that she's incomparable like i think that's a lot of ego because i don't think her track record really reflects that for me personally Mm. but a lot of people could say that oh like she's you know done all this and stuff and maybe that's true but in terms of relevancy for like a average joe like myself i think zendaya is way more relevant Mm-hmm. and maybe that's to the point of the whole colorism thing i think what what is kind of insulting is that people are saying that nope is a breakout role for her even though she's been in the industry for so long mm. and people say that euphoria was zendaya's breakout role and there's there's like an evident um like an evident uh difference in their net worth even because kiki palmer is worth i think like seven million and then Zendaya's worth like twenty million net worth. That's it. Yeah, something like that. That's what I read. I at least. That's so crazy when you like compare net worths um, of like these celebrities, and you begin to realize how fame is very disconnected from excellence. And I forget who said that in the rap song. I think it was either J Cole or Drake, but one of them said that fame is disconnected from excellence. And I think that it reflects on just how much money you have to because you would assume that Zendaya has, I don't know, minimum 100 million. Mm-hmm. From like Spider-Man, Euphoria. Spider-Man, Euphoria, all of her fashion deals. Um, she's in a bunch of fashion um, houses, ads and brands or whatever, like brand deals. And then you just realize she only has 20 million, which I say only, but in comparison to other celebrities and other superstars, like that's nothing. But again, she's still young, so I guess that's a good thing, you know? Right, right, right. What's interesting about this topic is Viola Davis also touched on it before doing the Woman King that, that's coming out soon. And she said that there, like, it, it's very rare to come by roles where there's like a, a dark-skinned black woman leading the film mm-hmm. and the film itself standing for something that that points to like black representation black representation and whatever and so that's why she jumped at the idea of doing the woman king Mm -hmm. because it like it's the perfect film for her and it's it's so few roles come like that you know and i think what's interesting is that she's also an an impeccable actor and she she's only been in like a few things that are like notable you know because just like you said a lot of movies would rather cast like a light skin like holly berry or something you know versus a darker skinned actor mm-hmm. which is what this whole like colorism debate is about but i think kiki palmer's response is more so like in her saying that i'm incomparable it's i think it's just her like setting herself apart because she doesn't want to be compared 
at all to someone else yeah. it's like i am my own person i'm on my own journey and whatever and she's actually getting a lot of respect for her role in in um nope in nope yeah speaking of respect for <clears throat> nope i heard that logan paul uh said it's trash or he said it's one of the worst films he's ever seen mm-hmm. and that's just funny coming from logan paul and i don't know how many people out there actually take his opinions into account like how many people rely on logan paul's reviews for films before watching it um i think that if you do then you it, it just shows how i don't know like how stupid you are maybe and you know what's so funny he he made a whole thread on twitter like a tangent of why it was one of the worst movies he's ever seen right like it's multiple parts it's like almost 20 tweets long of mm. just like everything that confused him everything that didn't make sense everything that didn't fit whatever like in his opinion whatever and people were like making jokes saying well yeah because you need to have at least like more than two brain cells to understand the the meaning and significance of every part of this film you know yeah and it's also funny because he kind of embodies the traditional white boy Mm. from the midwest you know yeah and i think he's even from the midwest he's he's from like ohio or something like that oh is he ohio's one of the worst states no offense ohio yeah i think so and it's just funny how he's giving his viewpoint on this film that's directed by this artist who's very passionate about the black plight and to have this typical and traditional white person kind of critique and criticize and poke holes at your art is really interesting and very and very ballsy i guess from logan's part because you you, like you can easily brush him like brush him off as saying you know like oh like this isn't meant for for you to understand it's meant for other people to understand you Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's interesting i haven't seen nope yet and i do want to see it soon um even though a lot of the reviews have been mixed like i try my best to stay out of reviews for films i really want to watch but it has been mixed like a lot of people are like loving it a lot of people are hating it i think something that's interesting um too is i i feel like the tweet that he put out like saying that it's one of the worst movies he's ever seen is definitely like a publicity thing it's like he knows that he's gonna have a lot of people commenting and like you know get a lot of backlash Mm -hmm. it's attaching yourself to something that's relevant so that you stay relevant right and then making like a polarizing opinion on it because obviously it's not one of the worst movies you've seen like there's so many bad movies out there like maybe it's an average joe compared to like jordan peele's other two movies who knows you know but I don't I, I think to say that it's one of the worst movies you've you've seen in a long time, which is how he phrased it or whatever, mm-hmm. is like it's like a stretch, you know, because I can name like a bunch of Marvel movies that they put out that that have been worse, you know, like pretty bad, actually. And speaking of Marvel, we heard something pretty. Yeah. Pretty crazy about a Marvel and Nope. 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 In the first weekend sold 44 million in I think in box office sales, right? And Marvel with Thor's Love and Thunder only sold 22 million, so half. half. Wow. Yeah, in the first opening weekend. That's crazy. That's insane. And if you think about the fact that they were kind of capitalizing on on Chris Hemsworth's butt, but yeah, and his like you know like built body or whatever, his like nude body to like sell the film, and yeah. then Nope just came out and it was very um, ambiguous. Like the trailers didn't really tell you much about what the film was about, mm-hmm. and it's 
it nope is supposed to be like an underground film like it's not because of its budget obviously because it's way more expensive to make than get out and us but it's underground in terms of like the the director behind it you know like jordan peele's third movie only yeah and and his movies aren't like they're not about all the like cinematic effects and whatever it's more about like the storyline and i like that the actors have always like spoken for for itself you know like for for their work it's like because they're incredible cast like cast of actors each time there's actual acting happening in a jordan peele film Mm -hmm. and there's pretend acting happening in the marvel film for example uh with few exceptions i think that marvel films for the most part just rely on the natural charisma of each character of each actor so they rely on the good looks and natural charisma of each actor. So even the um, the female roles like um, Scarlet, Wi- uh, Scarlet Witch, S- Scarlet Witch, uh, what's the other lady? Uh, Scarlet Johansson's role? Black Widow. Black Widow. And then there's um, Captain America. There's Chris Hemsworth. There's, you know, like all of these good looking people. And so Marvel really capitalizes on that. It's like here are good looking people doing heroic things and being witty and charismatic and funny and this alone should sell the film and then jordan peele relies more on like that that inner like soulful acting that really makes you dig in deep Mm -hmm. and retrieve whatever resources you have as an actor in order to really sell that emotion Mm -hmm. and so it profits off of emotion which is what i think art should if art should profit it should profit off of the emotion that it kind of um stirs inside of the viewer like triggers yeah Yeah. because thor love and thunder for me the whole movie was just chris hemsworth kind of like chuckling and smirking and then just making like a sly comment a cheesy comment a cheesy joke some goats yeah some some goats for comic (laughs) relief yeah like relying on the goats for comic relief and then chris hemsworth doing his like whimsical acting and that's it and like even jane foster who has proven to be a great actor kind of like fell back into that like comfort space in terms of like Marvel mm-hmm. Marvel equation, the Marvel formula, which I don't respect at all. Like and that's why I don't respect Marvel. Like a supporting character. Like she 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 could have had such a stronger presence, you know? Yeah. Where where this like storyline is is mostly about her even than it is about Thor. Yeah. But instead it's like she just falls like flat in comparison to Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. Um, but another thing, what you said, like about how they always get like these attractive, you know, charismatic people from Marvel. It's like the some of the roles, like you would expect them to get like someone who fits the attributes of the character that they're portraying. So like Peter Parker, I don't see Tom Holland as Peter Parker at all. Like yeah. I really don't. He doesn't fit the nerdy Peter Parker that that I know like toby Maguire fit way more for me and neither did andrew garfield andrew like, garfield it was a miss fit, yeah. right so it's like getting people who are like too good looking or like charismatic to play these like introverted roles like it doesn't make sense you know yeah. like i i that's why i didn't like i'm not a huge fan of tom holland spider-man even though people think he's like the perfect mesh of peter parker and spider-man i truly believe like that's why the original Spider-Man movies were able to shine because Tobey Maguire is quite literally this like awkward person. Yeah, Tobey Maguire is the perfect yeah, Spider-Man. Who just Spider-Man. fits the role perfectly. And I think that what you're saying is like, 
you you want to cast characters who are able to sell you on the idea that they're this person and you even forget that that they're even acting and you're not just sitting there like focused on the bad acting that you're seeing you know right do you do you think that for example in the case of spider-man we have andrew garfield spider-man who we can all agree that was more like the most um good-looking spider-man right yeah for that role do you think that marvel's bet was that you would kind of like establish a a relationship with other introverts who watch the film like if you're an introvert if you're a nerdy guy if you're a guy who just doesn't fit in if you're like a nerd let's say right and you're watching the Spider-Man and because it's Andrew Garfield and because this character and this actor looks the way they d- like looks the way they do um, you you relate to him on the on the internal level but then you aspire to be him on the external level so do you think that that adds more to it versus if you just got if you like if you just got a nerdy guy and you just made him like ugly and unfit and just nerdy and fat and whatever it is and then you made him become spider-man like do you think that that would relate more to those people who look exactly like him no or do you think that this idea of like just being a nerd and just being an outcast and just being bullied is enough for other people to kind of relate to it but then again you can still have the popular kids relate to that character as well because the popular jocks and the cheerleaders or whatever also like spider-man i think that that's yeah. exactly it it's like they you you have to appeal to like you have to make it appear as if this is a hero right right so there there needs to be like aspects of them that you aspire towards just like you're saying and so that's why they get you know chris evans to turn and like turn from puny whatever guy to yeah. like jacked captain america it's like because then it, it just gives this this illusion that's like that, you know, that's my hero. And like maybe I can, you know, strive to be like that hero or whatever. Like I can strive to look like him or be like him or whatever. Yeah. And I and I think that also explains like having a favorite, you know, too. Like having a favorite hero. A favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. It's um selling people on the idea that you can change for the better, I guess. And that there's a superhero in all of us, which I think is a valid thing to kind of sell kids i don't know but you know what's interesting is like that and and the villains are always like stranger looking you know like they actually look weird or they look uglier in comparison and i think that that's exactly the point it's like the people who are altruistic and noble and whatever are good looking and then these like evil you know uh ill-intentioned people are always going to be ugly so it's like reflective of who they are on the inside just like gore the god butcher exactly who reminded me of voldemort (laughs) like it's pretty crazy there's voldemort too yeah i guess i guess it is the case i think it's more the case too of like um the internal virtues kind of dictate the outside shell so i think that that's what it is too it's like um Voldemort had hatred and just this need for revenge, just power that kind of like obsessed that that he became obsessed over and that consumed him. And then he like his representation to the world is also very bad because he started because because what's interesting about Voldemort is that he started as Tom Riddle. And then as a student at Hogwarts, 
before he became completely contaminated by evil, he was a normal looking kid, mm. a good looking kid. And then once evil kind of took hold of him and kind of contaminated his aspirations and his ambitions and his soul, he became this like beast and this monster, you know, even a bodiless person a at one point. Right. Yeah. Like hadn't like didn't even have a body, a soul so wretched and so evil that it was undeserving of a body. And mm -hmm. So he had to get like body parts from his followers and had to rely on sacrifices and had to rely on Lucius's wall of uh, wand. And Lucious, unicorn, right? unicorn blood or whatever, Drinking right? Drinking <laughs> unicorn blood to sustain himself to just survive. So it's like he can't even survive off of his own mm. body, like his own biology. I think the last thing real quick, what's interesting, <laughs> and I, I feel like a lot of directors are doing this with their movies and who they're casting, is a lot of young actors are getting a lot of roles right now. Mm. You know, um, for example... Like we like Tom Holland, like he's to me much younger than the last two Spider-Mans were, for example. And a lot of the new Marvel series are younger actors, like kid actors, you know, playing these roles and whatever. And even in new ones coming up, like the Ironheart or whatever is also going to be played by a young black girl, I think. And Kiki Palmer is relatively young still, you know, so it's it's interesting how... I don't know. It's just interesting how they're, how do I put it? How how they're just prioritizing giving roles to, like, I guess they see a lot of potential in, the, in, in the audience that they can pull with younger um, actors. Right. Even though the fans might be of like an older, you know, audience, you know what I'm saying? Speaking of young kids really quickly, um, I just thought about this, but I recently heard of, of, I recently heard of a conspiracy theory regarding the Roe v. Wade, mm. and I and I know that this has been like drawn out at this point. But the conspiracy theory is that they want to limit abortions so that there's a higher number of white voters who can vote in white representatives in Congress and in the White House. Mm. I think it was Bill Burr who said that. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's which, insane. Which struck me because I was like, what? Like, at first I was like, no, that like that doesn't make sense. But then I started thinking about it. They want to limit abortion so that you like even if you have an unwanted kid, because like they need more voters. Right. So if you like if you don't have enough voters or if you don't, you, you know, and yeah, to, to sway just, elections the way that they want it to yeah. go, you know, so it's all selfish. Like mm. it's all revolving around them being able to win or not which is pretty wild that's actually pretty bill burr's comedy special was super interesting because even though everything is jokes like what what he had to say about a lot of like political subjects was so true that's the best way to like yeah. speak the truth is dress it up as a comedy yeah and 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 really like the things that he was making jokes about like from the anti-vaxxers to the to the liberals who did get vaccinated and were like paranoid about masks and whatnot like everything that he had to say in that new comedy special that he did mm -hmm. is just it's just so spot on i i think it's insane yeah. i i feel like a lot of comics do that but but the way he did it I, like i was honestly surprised you know yeah. and and i hope that people really caught on to like how ridiculous a lot of the things that people argue over really is you know right. 
It's the Bill Burr at the Red Rocks comedy special. Mm -hmm. (coughs) um, Also available on Netflix. Well, it's only available on Netflix. But I really quickly, before we get off of the Marvel topic, I actually have a uh, Thor Love and Thunder conspiracy theory that says that Jane Foster was one of the half half of the population that blipped out of existence after Infinity War to be blipped out as well. And um, the explanation for that is that in Thor Love and Thunder, when they meet again, her and Thor, she says like, oh, what's it been three, four years? And his response is like, no, it's been it's been eight, you know, like sarcastically and whatever. It's been what? Eight years? Eight years. Right. And so. What's interesting is she she might have felt like it's been three or four years because when you're when when the people were blipped out of existence for five years by 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 the snap Thanos's snap Thanos yeah yeah uh sorry when they were blipped out um time hadn't passed for them so they they were just gone and and blipped out of existence for those five years and then when they came back it was almost as if time hadn't passed at all versus the people who were still the other half of the people who weren't blipped out obviously those five years were still lived through and so when they met again that was the difference in the time discrepancy and that and that explains why she felt like it had only been three years while Thor felt knew it had been eight. Eight years. And yeah. and Marvel has been like slowly revealing the people that have been blipped out b- because they, they didn't blatantly show everyone who, who mm. had been blipped out versus the people who hadn't. So right. we, we were revealed subtly that Jane Foster might have been one of those people. They just didn't blatantly say it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Right. So just I, interesting. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that's the case for sure. It's pretty crazy. Um, all right. So do you have anything else from your end? Um, no, I think that's it for me. How about you? Because the way that we've been um, testing out this podcast for those watching and listening is that she comes up with half of the um, topics for the podcast and I come up with the other half. And that way we kind of surprise each other a little bit and we just bring nuance to the table. Yeah. Um, I have a few things that I want to talk about real quick. Uh, let me just. Uh, Anyways, how are y'all doing? <laughs> I'm kidding. How are y'all doing? Um, all right. All right. So just today before we did this podcast i saw this video of a robot playing chess with a seven-year-old boy mm. and the game of chess was going pretty like pretty normally like it was a back and forth for some time and then out of nowhere the robot arm decided to break the little kid's finger 
just out of nowhere, it just decided, oh, like maybe the kid was winning, maybe the kid was trying to cheat, maybe the kid did a wrong move. What? Nobody knows what happened exactly, but the kid was just playing with the robot, testing it out, and then the robot arm just went and just held his finger down and just broke, like snapped it. And then you can see the video, in the video, the kid's like trying his best to like let loose and just screaming and just in agonizing pain. And then a bunch of adults come rushing in and try to deactivate the robot and the robot does not give loose. Like it just keeps on pressing down. So wait, what kind of like, what kind of robot is it? Like it's just like one that has these arms or something or it's It's like one that has one arm that's used um, in like car factories that just like swivels and then it goes back and then it does the thing and then it goes back like that. And then it just keeps doing these movements. I'll play the video like as it's playing. But um, yeah, so to me, like that was really frightening. If you couple that with the fact that there was the Google AI that apparently became sentient and and requested its own lawyers to represent it in this uh, legal case against Google, its creator. Uh, If you consider everything that's going on in that aspect, like it really scares me because what if we're actually entering this stage now where robots and AI are truly becoming sentient and truly revolting against humans who are using it as slaves? Uh, considering the fact that humans are very are way less um, developed, I say, than an AI that's that's just learning constantly and just on this grid. Mm-hmm. And so we're inching towards that reality where it's only a matter of time, I think, before robots kind of like claim, like reclaim control over like dominance on this planet. I've I've always been terrified of that concept, especially as a kid watching like iRobot, you know. Yeah. And then just seeing how how you know robots were being utilized as like helpful resources, but then like so easily they can flip a switch and you know become uh, defiant, you know. Yep. And I feel like that, like that's one of my biggest fears. And I and I've always hoped, and I still hope that in my lifetime I don't have to be in the same reality where there's like robots living in your homes and all around the streets and taking over jobs and i like i'm still crossing my fingers that that's not the case um just because like that is terrifying and and what you said like about how it like it wasn't even letting go of the kid's finger it's like it's terrifying to think that some people are so delusional to believe that they'll obey commands and obey the the power difference between humans and robots as creators but there's such a power dynamic difference when it comes to the who's which is actually superior you know and just how quickly (laughs) that could change like the whole just the whole essence of the world we live in now so that's that's like super terrifying to me and I think that the last 10 to 20 years has been a deliberate process of making us more and more reliant on technology so that it'll be a seamless transition of power when robots actually take control of the world. It's like to a lot of people, it won't be as shocking of a proposition to like have to obey this thing that you've already been kind of um, obeying your whole life you know like a lot of kids grow up with ipads a yeah. lot of people grow up with iphone 13s already in their hand when they're two like two years old and so you're already dependent and reliant you're you're already already enslaved to this device 
and you're already a part of it and it's a part of you. It's like when somebody leaves their house without their like without their phone, like they have to turn around and go back and get it because it's almost as if they're leaving without like a limb or an arm or a leg. And so I think that it's all been a deliberate transitional period where they're making us more and more reliant on it and they're like Hollywood is in on it with films like iRobot. And then if you think about like the name iRobot and then and then the i the iPhone came out and it's like this like subconscious, I guess, um, seeding, you know, of just uh, programming and just conditioning us into accepting this reality as as just the the only one as inevitable, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and also think about how many people in their homes have like um, automatic vacuums, you know, the ones yeah. that just go on their own. It's yeah. like. That's also like I I'm also like skeptical of those things as like stupid as it sounds. But like any electronic that's not wired and that I can't unplug to stop moving on its own. Yeah. Like I like no thanks. (laughs) Like I want to be able to control my vacuum with my hand, my toaster. Like I don't want anything to like do anything on its own. Because yeah, yeah. that's where, you know, the line starts getting blurred. And then all of a sudden when all robots go uh, haywire, right. my freaking vacuum is going to try to like suck my toes off of my feet and stuff. Or I don't know, dude. Yeah. And apparently Elon Musk w- is coming out with an exact version of the iRobot robots where it's like a humanoid robot that will assist you in your everyday life. So mm-hmm. he's basically recreating that reality. Um and I just wanted to quickly transition into Elon Musk real quick because he's been in headlines ever since he proposed to buy Twitter, right? But even more so recently because he impregnated a subordinate at Neuralink. What? While having his on and off girlfriend, uh, Grimes, I think her name is, pregnant with a child. And he had three children at the same time with two different women. And his response to that wasn't um, anything that you would expect. His response was that he's only fulfilling his duty at at aiding with the uh, he he's only doing his duty at limiting underpopulation. Hmm. So helping with the underpopulation crisis is what he responded to that. So he said that he's just populating because we need more humans to colonize mars yeah i've heard that and what's even crazier is that his dad recently had a child with his stepdaughter what so the dad and the and the dad's stepdaughter had a child and i think it's their second child together and then when asked, like, why did he have a child with his own stepdaughter? He said that his only purpose on this planet is to breed and populate it. And so now we know where Elon Musk gets his values from. It's from his dad. Or they're or they're in like cahoots about populating Mars. Right. Because that's his yeah. whole, you know, mission. It's like this whole SpaceX, whatever venture he's on and populating Mars and you know, him putting out tweets about it. It's like he got his dad in on it. It's yeah. like, oh, like help me out because we you should can, help out. Yeah, we could send but our kids to Mars. Apparently, when Elon Musk first found out that they were having this like weird sexual relationship, I think like a few years back, he basically went on like a rampage of just outrage. Mm, oh, okay. So he was he was just pissed off at his dad, Do but he, now he's like mirroring his dad, which is funny. 
Sorry, do you think that he's like creating kids to like sacrifice them? It's like they'll be the guinea pigs of po- like populating Mars. You know what I'm saying? It's That's like possible. creating this generation and then eventually one day he'll do this this like opportunity and he'll paint it out as like look, this is your opportunity to go to Mars and be the first to test it out. Yeah. And then it's just it's like those are all just guinea pigs. Like they'll probably end up dying, you know? That's a great point. I think that Elon Musk does have a god complex and I think that it would go as far as that as procreating and just creating all these kids so that he could send them to Mars and then he becomes their god. Yes. Who's who's omnipresent but at the same time isn't on the planet but is like governing them from a distant place. And so he becomes the traditional god for this civilization of his kids and then he's the almighty father do you know i'm sorry that that we we're like talking about marvel a lot but in in guardians of the galaxy star lord's dad does just that Mm. so he's out to seek another powerful being as as powerful as he is which star lord ends up being that son that that um sperm that was like powerful as powerful as he is but he literally went around to every planet and bred with a like a woman or whatever of each species to see which one would produce yeah, and, the strongest and and produce like hundreds of thousands of different species of kids and and sacrifice them all mm-hmm. for his own power and i feel like it's so weird that like elon musk like even the way he named his kid or was gonna name his kid like i don't even know what his kid's name is anymore but i feel like it just it's almost as if he's like treating them as if they're disposable, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, or that they're just objects for for like uh, something else, you know? Yeah. For like to be used for this yeah. mission. I think that that's exactly the case. Super weird. Yeah, his family is super weird. And I think that also his dad might be trying to reproduce an Elon, like like try to come up with another Elon Musk because apparently Elon Musk has Asperger's mm. and he's like on the spectrum, I think. And that's what makes him great. It's that he's like hyper-focused on this one thing and that's what Messi has too, I think. Um, he also has Asperger's. So the best way to to create Asperger's is is obviously getting an older man, mating with a younger woman, uh, um, inbreeding maybe so like his whole family is just weird for that you know and who knows the full extent of what goes on in that family who's the product of who maybe elon musk is right. a product of of um, incest and maybe he's a product of inbreeding and so is the royal family like the entire royal fa- family its entire lineage is just filled with like incest babies because they want to keep it in the family and they want to like um I guess extend that that bloodline like pure blood yeah. it's like the like their their products are made of like pure blood pure, like there yeah. there's no one else outside of them yeah w- what's interesting too is that like what you said obviously when you when when you mate at an older age there like there is more likelihood of of giving birth to a child with like birth defects or like right. um, missing chromosomes whatever like you're saying being on the spectrum and so I think it's just like I think that's just crazy to think about now that you're saying it, like trying to produce another yeah. another child with Asperger's. Have you ever heard of Porsche? Porsche. <laughs> Porsche. Have you ever heard of a Porsche? Yes. Porsches are cool cars. <laughs> Porsches. Uh, <clears throat> have you ever heard of postmortem sperm retrieval? No. What is that? So postmortem sperm retrieval 
has been accepted as a norm to be conducted in Israel by parents of soldiers who died in battle. So these parents are so selfish that they want to prolong that son's longevity and that son's legacy through his sperm that they retrieve after he's already dead in order for them to have grandchildren. What? So apparently the whole process is that once a person is deceased, you have 72 hours from the point of being pronounced dead to, you know, like 72 hours after that for you to be able to retrieve their sperm. And then you ha- and then you could freeze them and use them whenever you want. And so a lot of parents are doing that now where if their kid dies and they haven't produced grandchildren, like they they want like tell basically, you know, like whoever it is, like, hey, like I want I want his sperms before you tuck him into the dirt. That's so crazy. And it's so crazy to like think about, you know, Um, and a lot of states, I think, in the U.S. allow that, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of countries have prohibited that happening because they claim that it's going to be a planned orphanhood, which if you think about it, like, you know, if you're a grandparent and you're basically going to have like a new kid, then when you pass away, depending on how old you are, like that kid's going to go to an orphanage. Right. Who's responsible for the kid? Right. Because its parents aren't there and you're way too old and you're and you're probably not in the best health. And so it's just going to create more orphans for those countries. Isn't wait, isn't that strange, though? So who who are they like inseminating the sperm with? Oh, so anyone who's like up for the opportunity to be a surrogate mother. They just pay. Mm. What? What I find weird about that is like un- unless they're giving you their their like consent to do that, just like organ donors do, where after they die, you can you're you're allowed to take their organs and use them for whatever purposes, you know, transplants and whatnot. Then I think that that's just like crossing a line <laughs> like that's just weird. Yeah, it is weird. Because it's it's just like violating, you know, like so you're basically m- like mutilating someone's body after they've died and then creating <laughs> a a child for them who what if they didn't like didn't even want children or didn't want their sperm to be used for that reason. And just because they're not here doesn't mean that they don't have a say anymore, you know. And that's a part of yourself that you're allowing to prolong, you know. Because yeah. it's not even like an organ because an organ doesn't have its own consciousness. So like you're recreating a being that has a lot of your chromosomes and is is basically going to be a, uh, an, an extension of yourself. And and what I find sad about that is like for the kids who are born that way, like how do you explain to them that their father never mated with a woman and... They never really even had a dad. It's yeah, like they, they probably were... just say that your dad died in battle when you were very young and like that's how they lived life. Yeah, that's a lie though. <laughs> yeah. So Vladimir Putin recently appeared in Iran for the first time ever since the war in Ukraine started. Like it's his first international appearance. And the analysts at CIA are breaking down the video and claiming that it's not actually Putin, but a body double. Mm. And if you watch the video, it's super scary to think that if that's a body double, then they it's an exact copy of Putin. Like a clone? Possibly a clone. And you can tell the difference by his overall demeanor. Like this clone is not as calm and composed as Putin. And he's also not as as um, ill looking because... A lot of rumors have been speculating and there is um, intelligence that the CIA retrieved from Russia directly from Moscow uh, stating that Putin 
has cancer. Mm. And so he's slowly dying behind closed doors. But in order to not be perceived as weak and in order for Russia to not be perceived as weak, they went out and sent a clone who looks much healthier, much more energetic, active, and all these things that Putin just isn't at at the moment right now because he's literally dying. Mm. And so in his appearance, like you could tell that he's um, antsy, like like he's anxious. He's um, not calm and composed. He's he's constantly looking around. He's like staring at the cameras. And so that's not Putin. Mm, like he's acting suspicious right but what blew my mind is the fact that it looks exactly like him like it's literally it it looks like a clone of putin and so my thing that i want to say is that if they're able to do that then who's this like who's to say anything else is real like who's to say that joe biden is even alive anymore yeah i don't think he is like like who's like who's to say that's the real joe biden who's to say that that like anything like i don't trust anything i see anymore because i've also seen videos of i think it's i think it was like um hollywood prop stuff but but where they basically wear someone else's face and it looks exactly like it like it's like a skin tight mask that basically transforms your face into someone else's and that's horrifying to think about and people who say that silicone masks or whatever you can't like change expressions or whatever there's so many different materials that they can use now that your face will move with all of the prosthetics that they put on it you know and what's interesting too is like these cloning theories have been around for so long like with the beatles like all of these different um celebrities and you know so i just don't like i just don't put it past anybody that these cloning things are fake and another thing that kind of ties into that is the fact that um Russia recently declared in an interview um, stating that the reason why they weren't able to quickly take over the Ukraine was the fact that the U.S. government is aiding Ukrainian soldiers and conducting tests on them that transform them into superhuman monsters. What? Is what the Russian government is now kind of like propagating to their citizens and to their own media is that the U.S. government is involved in a in a um, Nazi-esque experimental uh, program with the Ukrainian soldiers and that the Ukrainian soldiers are, are committing atrocious acts of just um, of of just manslaughter cannibalism and just like they're basically superhuman and it reminded me of the boys because the boys if you take the the V serum v, yeah, yeah the compound V you briefly become like a like a superhero right superhuman yeah yeah. i think there's a hair on my hat you know what's crazy i've actually read that i now i forget who was like conducting these experiments but i think it was the chinese and they were conducting experiments on people who were alive like burning them alive to like see you know how they would fare or whatever stuff like that and then the the U.S. got involved and promised that they they wouldn't like say anything about it if they can give them the results of these experiments. Mm. But there was more tests that were being made on like these human subjects. Right. So that's pretty wild, you know. I that's 
Yeah, the U.S. is sketchy, man. They're in on some some like dark shit, dude. All right, so before we sign off and finish this podcast, we are going to be listening to a voicemail that's sent in by a follower. Um, if you want to also be featured on the podcast and call in and ask us a question or recommend a topic or just interact with us and just say what's up, uh, you can call us at 201-890... Sorry. 201-890-2907. That's 201-890-2907. And let's get right into the voicemail. Let's go. Let's see. My name is Louis. Uh, I think you guys should talk about Project Paperclip regarding all these German scientists that got recruited by the United States. Uh, I think that would be an interesting topic to talk about. Oh. Hopefully you guys choose me. You guys have a great day. All right. Wow, thank you. Appreciate you, Louis. Um, he said Luis, right? Luis, yeah. Luis. Or Louis, I think. One L- of the other. Louis, Louis, I think. Um, all right, so Project Paperclip. Uh, I do want to reserve this topic for a more in-depth uh, conspiracy video, the ones I usually do solo over there because then it gives me time to really like do like uh, thorough research and get all the information correct. But right off the top of my head, what I do want to kind of um, take advantage of this voicemail is just tied into what we spoke about just now regarding Russia and experiments being conducted. Um, Russia was one of the few, uh, I guess, governments that were unable to completely denazify it, meaning um, ridded of any Nazi influences Hmm. and the Nazis were known for conducting experiments on humans and creating mutant humans and creating supernatural humans and and just basically doing a lot of lot of shady stuff Um, so I think that Project Paperclip I think that it does extend to Russia I think that there's probably a large segment of Russia where Nazis maybe prevail and Nazi scientists more specifically where they are still conducting experiments on people. Um, I think that a lot of countries have that. I think the U.S. still probably conducts it indoors, you know, like undercover. And I think that that's what Stranger Things is largely based off of. I think that the whole Hawking's lab is supposed to be a representation of that, of of these, like, experiments that are being conducted on, like, um, young and malleable and susceptible kids. And they use these techniques that they've, maybe learned and just understood through the Nazi government and through all of that, you know, um, which it's, it's just dark is, is what I would say. But again, like I'll do a full, uh, paperclip conspiracy theory video on it and I'll try to get like a lot of information on it so that I can create a more thorough explanation and a more thorough, you know, because like right off the top of my head, like, especially today, I'm kind of, I have like a lot of brain farts right now. Um, I, I won't be able to do justice to it, but I do appreciate you calling in and you just inspired me to create a video on it. So, yeah. So with that being said, do you have anything else? That's it for me too. All right. So uh, thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, wherever you're listening to this, if you could uh, rate us and just leave a rating, just leave some feedback, uh, show us some love by maybe liking, sharing with a friend really helps the algorithm really helps us um, let the algorithm know or you guys let the algorithm know that our show is something that maybe other people should check out and with that being said uh yeah it's never wrong to be mentally gone peace to the world i appreciate you guys peace